Today on Arcade Fire sings the alphabet, normal person. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name is Alex Pande, and right beside me, as always, is the wonderful Owen Heaney. Hello. We are coming out of the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and if it's your first time joining us, we are the only podcast on the internet that talks about every single Arcade Fire song alphabetically, one per episode. But today, we're joined by another wonderful guest, Zaid Constantine. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on the, the show. I've listened to it since the, the beginning when I saw it on Twitter, and I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, Zaid emailed us way back about wanting to be on the show, and uh, you got some pretty cool things to talk about today. Yeah, I've been very lucky. I've been to a, a lot of uh, great shows that you know have happened to come through my neck of the woods, and yeah, a lot of cool stories, hopefully, to share with you guys. And for the listeners, where is that? Uh, I'm in New York. Ah, right on. Other other side of North America for, I guess, most people know where New York is. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a, it's a little small indie city. Yeah. We're up and coming. Yeah. We're all the normal people. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, very nice transition, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Zade, before we get into that, what does, uh, what does Arcade Fire mean to you? How'd you get into them? Uh, that's a good question. I started listening to them in high school, uh, which was like funeral time for me. And I wasn't like the super fan. I kind of am now. Because, like, as I grew older, they kept kind of, like, intersecting with, like, my interest in movies and stuff. And, you know, it, they'd be, like, attached to, like, the soundtrack of a movie I was watching. Or they'd be working with, like, cool directors I was into. So my interest kind of just kept overlapping with what they were doing musically, which I always thought was kind of super cool. And then I went to... The first show I ever went to was the Suburbs show at Madison Square Garden. Oh, dang. Which, which was also uh, directed by Terry Gilliam, a filmmaker who did, like, Brazil and all these crazy movies. And then I was just kind of hooked on going to shows. So so uh, what, what was that like? How, so I guess if you got into Funeral, that was quite a while into your, uh, your, your fandom. Uh, do you, at that point, did you have any favorite songs you heard there that just uh, – uh, strengthened your love for them more or ones that hearing them live just blew you away? Well, just sort of the whole performance at Madison Square Garden, I think, was just, like, something I'd really never seen before in a concert like that, which was, you know, they, like, stopped the show at one point or uh, winded because he was like, no, this is a great song, and they were kind of messing up on Sprawl 2, and they restarted it, and I was like, oh, this is actually feels, like, live and, like, exciting, and anything could happen, which I thought was really cool at the time. And also, it was like a live show. They were streaming it on YouTube, and this was like in 2010, which I know it's like much more common now that like mm -hmm. Coachella gets streamed and all these concerts get streamed. But back then, it was like it felt like something new, and you can still go online and find that concert, which I think is pretty cool. And it still is like a great show. Yeah, I think I've actually seen the the Sprawl Two being stopped. Oh, you know that one? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, yeah, I was just what wondering. So, I mean, one thing that we ask a lot of our guests, and it tends to be a thing now, but it, it, this also breaks to the it, is uh, what is your favorite album, and is it the first one you listen to? Yeah, that's a big trend we've seen. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, like, it depends on the day, really, now, but I think... I think it is still the suburbs for me, and it is maybe because it's tied to, like, seeing them live for the first time, or where I was in my life at that point when that album came out. Came out. I was, you know, just out of college, and I actually ended up moving back to the suburbs and stuff, mm. so I think it was 
just sort of one of those albums that kind of aligned with where I was at. And for me, it's still like, you know, the one I kind of turned to. But if you asked me tomorrow, maybe I would have a different answer. <laughs> kind of going off of that, um, has there been anything you fundamentally disagreed with that we said, something that you love that we didn't uh, praise that much or something that you don't like that we uh, that we, we talked about highly, uh, no chemistry stuff, please? <laughs> no, I'll stick. I'll stick away from the hot, the hot bun topics. Um, I don't know. I feel like I think you retracted on it a bit, but I think headlights look like diamonds. I think is is a little underrated in that initial episode, and I think maybe you guys kind of grew on that. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. Me especially. Uh, that was one where it's like going into. I mean, I've listened to a lot, but like each time we go through a song, you do another deep dive, and like with that comes more. And I just hadn't hadn't had enough time with it, but. By the time that we did the episode year later, end. the year-end episode, I uh, came back to it, and it was yeah, headlights uh, had a new, it was whole whole new to me, I guess again. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, you gave it a you gave it a five. Yeah, I mean, but we both gave it fours when we listened to it. Like, uh, but I mean, yeah, I guess for, for me, it still hasn't. Uh, it's not quite a five, but it's a it's a five for you, Zaid. Yeah, and it is one of those songs like you guys too, where I probably would have started at like a four with it, and I just I don't know I kept turning back to it, especially since your episode, and I was like, oh wait, I think this is one of their best. It's one of my favorites now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I talked about it then, but uh, like some of these, uh, especially the EP stuff that like I never really gave too much thought before this. Right. Uh, like I still uh, the I mean we're gonna get to it in a month and a half, I think the. I mean, I can't say it in French. The so like "Pope de Sir, Pope de So," the one that's on the split single with LCD Sound System. Never listened to that one, and I, I'm gonna wait until we listen to it uh, to go in fresh. But it really, um, a lot of these that like say I know the song, but just haven't really dove into. It's, it's always nice and refreshing. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's cool. I have homework to do because I haven't heard of that either. Yeah, I, fair, fair enough. Um, but I can already predict i think uh you guys aren't going to be so hot on uh, a reflector song that i really love that no one seems to really love is it's uh you already know so i'm already putting that mm. one out there as like you guys should be up on that one <laughs> not at liberty to discuss our rating for that song this time. <laughs> <laughs> a future yeah Just, uh, if i could lobby for one in the future it would be that one but anyways yeah and so you wanted to talk about reflector because you uh being from brooklyn you went to some reflector shows. Um, I did go to a couple reflector shows, and a couple different crazy shows as well. Um, more recently, like they had a show at Grand Prospect Hall in Brooklyn, which was great on the release of the Everything Now album, which mm. was super cool. Um, I went to like a Spotify like talk, which was like billed as a talk, and like Spike Jones was there, and then like it actually ended up being a concert with like this whole surprise element so i've been at a couple really special shows and then of course the the reflector show that everyone talks about with the the fake curtain did you dress up uh yeah well not in like a halloween costume ish but i did like a, i did like a tie and like a mm. button down shirt i think it was like formal wear or costume and i was like i'm not putting on like face paint or like a mask <laughs> or anything but i'll wear a tie yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if that happened today, I'm a I'm a very sweaty person at concerts, especially <laughs> that I feel like I I mean, I feel like Owen and I would go to like a thrift shop and buy like some pretty cheap but nice looking jacket or something and just go in that and just sweat in it and then just never wear it again. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you at the, the Brooklyn show with uh, when they played the fake band played uh, All My Friends? 
Uh, yes, and that was like a psych out. I think that was night one, actually, of uh, the Barclays Center. They did three nights. Mm. Um, and that was an interesting show as well because Buster Point Dexter, the guy who sings Feeling Hot, 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 was like their special guest that evening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just remember it was like, there's a moment where, like, for the first 30 seconds, it was like, oh, this is kind of jokey and funny. And then everyone got really into it. The crowd was like, really, really into hot, hot, hot. And everyone was having such a good time. And then they went immediately into Here Comes the Nighttime. And it was, like, one of the coolest, most seamless, weird moments in an Arcade Fire show that I've uh, ever witnessed. Dang. Uh, and David Byrne was there, too, right? Yeah, he was there on the third night, which ah. was uh, which was cool. And they did a cover of a suicide song. Yeah, Dream Baby um, Dream. That's a Alex Top Ten song. I, you know, I don't remember the cover that well for whatever reason but i do remember that they like i was like oh the show's over now after this like exciting david byrne cameo and then like i was like walking out and these like people start roping off like areas of like what's going on and then david byrne and like the parade of like arcade fire like going through the crowd and that was like one of the first times i had seen them walk through the crowd and interact with people and stuff so got to pat david byrne on the back which was cool when i was just like trying to get out (laughs) uh yeah, so we ready to jump into the song? Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll hit us with some basic facts right off the bat. Normal Person. This is the fourth track off of disc one of the band's fourth full-length album, Reflector. It is four minutes and 22 seconds long, making it the fourth shortest on the 13-track album. It was released along with the rest of the album on October 28th, 2013. It has 11.2 million streams on Spotify, making it the fifth most streamed song on the album. It has 112 live performances, making it the 28th most performed of all time and fourth most from Reflector. The most recent was July 10th, 2018 in Pittsburgh. And then uh, it's only actually been played twice since the Reflector, kind of the end of the Reflector era. So it hasn't come out that much on the Everything Now, kind of infinite content tours. And... uh, Produced by the band is obviously, but then as well James Murphy and Marcus Droves as is most reflector, and uh, they actually played the show live on the Colbert Report before being released as part of the album. So that was a week before, basically October twenty first, twenty thirteen, and in which they had Stephen Colbert had a huge paper mache head on top of the desk, and it was <laughs> singing the start of the song, and then they had the fake band, and then they pivoted or whatever the camera they what's it called when you move. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, they pivoted. Right. The yeah, they scanned, not uh, panned. Panned. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> they panned the camera towards the actual band playing on the uh, main stage, and then this song also features in the three-song SNL video that was released as part of. I think it was like SNL fifty, like right at the end or something like that. I can't quite remember, but it was like the the three-song video that was very good in the discotheque. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Anything you. I uh, I mean, I like to kind of, you know, put my little twist on context. I think that, yeah, we're on the first half of Reflector, which uh, I really think is that um, we talk about a lot, that the looking in the mirror in the reflective age. And I really think that this is, this is a, and we'll get to it in the lyrics, but really a definitive them saying, who are we now as a band? Which, I mean, I think could be essentially the theme of literally all their albums. But uh, the question of their, like, we've gone way further than we ever thought we would. You know, what now? Who are we now? Do you, uh, Zay? Do you do you agree just overall with uh, with my my interpretation of the first half here? 
No, I, I do. I mean, it's sort of like that weary singing voice, too, where he's, like, questioning if he uh, even likes rock and roll music anymore, which is always interesting to hear at the start of the song. Kind of reminds me of, like, sort of the sadness or weariness that is, like, on Good Goddamn, maybe, in a weird mm, way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on but, that note, do you want to get into the lyrics? Um, I don't have them open. Let me see if I can Okay, I mean, I, I can start us off with this one, then, and then you can jump in on a later uh, Yeah. Verse. I'll entrust lyric duty to you guys. I trust yeah. you more with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you oh, want to talk about the live opening first, or like, do you want like, because there's the little lyric, like not lyrics, but the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, you got that. Oh man. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. The the take it away for that. Yeah. Like, uh, um, Wynn says at the very start, it says those monitors are a little high. Sorry about that. Thank you guys for coming out. And that kind of sets the stage for the song. Is like this is a live song. Yeah, I mean, for the people, the monitors are like the, when you're on the stage, there's speakers that face you so that you can hear. And I just imagine him, like, saying, like, oh, sorry, could you turn the monitor down? Uh, thanks thanks for bearing with us. Yeah, so it's a very much, like, this song, I think, Apocrypha, kind of its legitimate extra on the reflector tapes is, like, very much those are, like, the live songs. It's like, oh, this song is... I mean, like, maybe it wasn't record live, like, it was fake live, but it's still, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, the atmosphere they're bringing to the song, just straight off the bat. Yeah. So, oh, man, do you like rock and roll music? Because I don't know if I do. Is anything as strange as a normal person? Is anyone as cruel as a normal person? Waiting after school for you? They want to know if you, if you're normal, too? Well, are you? Are you? I'm so confused. Am I a normal person? You know, I can't tell if I'm a normal person. It's true I think I'm cool enough, but am I cruel enough? Am I cruel enough for you? Owen, what do you think? Very pensive. Like you're kind of saying, it's like wary. Like this is like, I mean, I can't, we talk about this, like the reflective age. And like mm-hmm. it's very, it's like looking within yourself. Like it's the same as, um, I don't know. Like you talk about the sequence of albums. Like this album is like the suburbs, they've had all the success and now they're like questioning it. It's like, well, we've had all the success and now like, what does that mean for us as a band? It's like, do I even like rock and roll music anymore? Like, are we like this band anymore? Like, what is this? I think that's why you see like the band kind of went through this huge reformation and calling themselves the reflectors. And that's because mm-hmm. like when, when you're trying to come up to something like after this peak of success, it's like, where are you? And that's, that's like, that's what the song is kind of about. It's like, what are we? Like, who are we? Like, what is like people? It's a very philosophical song. Oh, for sure. Uh, Zayda, what, what what do you have to say about it? Well, it's also just on the album, such like uh, like come down from the previous song. Here comes the nighttime to mm-hmm. the energy of that song. It's almost like that song wore them out as a band in like this weird way. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting song, and like I wonder if like my judgment of it is kind of clouded by like the fact that it is such a different experience live versus what it is on the album. But if anything, that that sadness you're talking about definitely comes through tiredness mm-hmm. yeah uh i like in the beginning of this one Wynn comes in with his uh violent femmes his haha can i put in something like this is american music take one haha is this rock and roll music take one right um i think that this is uh very much their normal people are like the signs of life cool kids stuck in the past and the Roco- rococo kids saying rococo um mm-hmm. i think that like they're really saying like the uh, do I like rock and roll music? I don't know if I do. Oh, you like rock and... Pfft, I guess you're not that cool if you like rock and roll music. And um, I think it's really like these are the people who are trying... These normal people, whether Wynn is asking whether he is or these are from the perspective of a quote-unquote normal person, 
These are like the people who are trying really hard to be cool and want to show everyone how cool they are by putting on like the, the fake mask and the, the, the cover over top of them, the fake heads, because they want to put on that image to other people because they're not really happy with themselves. Uh, yeah, I think it's really going back to their whole like the emperor that uh, they all tell the emperor that they can see his clothes. I think this right. is a wins really channeling some Morrissey on this one with the that kind of irony. I think that like lyrically this could have been a Smith song. Interesting. Well, I do, I do think that you know it does replicate like a live song or a live performance because of what you talked about just like sort of questioning or like toying with the audience's like expectations or mm -hmm. listeners' expectations. So I think there is something there about why they choose to make it sound like it's happening live. Yeah. Um... I th yes, going with that too, the really like with live, it's like you don't know what could happen. Um, like we're saying on Sprawl 2 when they had to restart and because you, you don't know what's going to happen. And here, um, I don't know if I, like I knew who I was, but now I don't. And so it's really kind of up in the air. Right. And uh, yeah, I think that this this normal person, this is like peak at this time when people use the word hipster unironically that this is like that that really pretentious um kind of people that uh it's it's not cool to like stuff and i'm gonna rip on other people for liking stuff right um yeah i don't i don't remember exactly who said it but i want to say no it wasn't mark twain it was one of the more pretentious writers he said something like if you ever find your opinion to be the opinion of the majority it's time to switch opinions and i think that's what these normal people here are thinking what, uh, what do you think? Are, one of these, are these hipsters, these normal people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I see it differently. I see this song is like, in, because it's introspective of the band, and like, it's like the speaker is like speaking directly to the audience at this live show. It's like, it's like the normal people are the people out watching him. And, and like, you know, he, the, like the speaker feels ostracized. Like, he's the one who stepped out onto that ice. Like, like you know, in the ver uh, Kierkegaard. Yeah, you know, poem about like <laughs> who's who's willing to go and step out into the ice. Like the he, speakers feel like he's done that, but now he's like looking around at all these like people, these normal people. It's like, well, if you guys are normal, then like, are you guys gonna step out onto the ice? It's like very much. I don't know. It's very much a conversation with the audience. For sure. Yeah, I imagine like a like he put they put themselves out there, and when you do that, you make yourself kind of vulnerable to be judged. And all these people are like it's easier to just kind of uh, make fun of other people than to put yourself out there and be possibly made fun of, which I think comes later on. But I think, yeah, all these people are like the, oh, you you all like Arcade Fire now? Yeah, I mean, I don't like them. They suck now. Uh, you know, they used to be cool, but they suck now. Mm -hmm. uh, Want to move on? Sure. Zay, do you have the lyrics in front of you now? Uh, yes. What? what uh, where are we? And uh, they will sorry. break you down till everything is normal now. Oh, okay. Uh, and they will break you down till everything is normal now. I know. And they will break you down till everyone is normal now. I know. If that's what normal, what's normal now, I don't want to know. If that's what's normal now, Mama, don't make me go. So what do you did think skip, about that? Did I skip it first? Or that's right. Uh, no, you you got it. Okay. So uh, yeah, what what's uh what's normal now? Uh, Zaid, sorry. What what do you think? In terms of like, sort of the questioning or toying with the audience, I don't know. I like, it almost feels like he's trying to like 
overprove his sincerity on this song. Like, you know, and this is something that was talked about in reference to like everything now album. It was like, you know, there's not an insincere word on this album. And and this this chunk of it especially feels like someone who is trying to be sincere and like just trying to work out what their thought process is uh, in a way that, you know, maybe misconstrued or misinterpreted as insincere or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, something that this one really links to for me, especially with James Murphy being on the song. Uh, um, I know that like Wynn and Regine, like they love the song North American Scum by LCD Sound System. And like they oh, went right. and they went and played with them at the long goodbye when Wynn coined the shut up and play the hits. And I think like on that one, when James Murphy is very definitively and kind of ironically saying like, oh, all the kids that want to make the scene here in North America, there's no love and the kids are uptight, but almost like a, yeah, that's what we are, which I find is very everything now. Where on this one, when maybe has that in mind and is then saying like, is is this who we are? Like this is more reflective than definitive. Right. He's working it out in the mm-hmm. process of the song. Owen? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. It's like this, this song is it's a lot about working out your issues then it is about solving them or being confident in who you are and like it's very pensive can't we just work it out if we scream and shout (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think we did skip a verse but yeah we we, uh they take their oh no that's that's the next one no because we well we we read the mama domain it doesn't matter it it really at this point we It's, it's take all, us away with it's, take their tea at it's two. All, it's all free form anyways. Take our tea away. <laughs> they, they take their tea at two. All the normal people, they do. They burn the jungle down. While they're sleeping, it grew. You dream in English now, in proper English. Look how you're just the same as me. It's through. And then, uh, as they said before, about the breaking it down. <laughs> um, I always like, I always like that proper English line. Yeah. <laughs> This is another one on uh, Alex's continued trend of I just assumed that was the lyrics because it fit in there and uh, never really read it otherwise with, uh, I say, keep the car running, the same place animals go where they die, and the power out, the growing up in substations. I always thought it was um, the the uh, improper English locale. I thought it was, I don't know, some like pretentious uh, way of saying, like, <laughs> oh, the, the, the proper English area, but... Yep, I, I am wrong. <laughs> uh, Owen, you got what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I don't know. Like this one is the same of uh, like, oh, you, you people, oh, you're so pretentious. I think I, uh, that's the general what I get from it, right? And it's like, um, I like that. Like the proper English line kind of makes <laughs> like makes I don't know. Like it's it's um, it makes me think of it as a me versus you. And like now it's like the before it was being very. Pen, pensive and now it's like more it's getting a little more aggressive it's getting a little more in, in this conversation between the him and the audience yeah for sure i think in this one also it's much more direct pretentious imagery the tea at two i just imagine the teacup with the pinky up and the cucumber sandwiches and the <laughs> proper english uh frowning on on everyone else uh what, what do you think about this part zade it's like this part I enjoy because it's it's really building in sort of like intensity and like anger and you're just waiting for whether it's like regime or regime to come in or the song to really pick up. But just in terms of what he's talking about, it's it's getting a little bit like more cutting each sort of line. For sure. Uh, then what? So then what do you think of uh, when it says they they will break you down till everything is normal now? That kind of switching from 
first like talking about himself to addressing these normal people what do you think that he means by that mm-hmm. but, i don't know just rereading the lyrics here. I've really never did such like a deep dive into this song, but as I read it now, I'm like, oh, maybe <laughs> there's a lot going on in the surface that like. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I felt like I'm I, I kind of had the general idea, but then there's a lot more like, huh? That uh, I guess that is pretty profound. Yeah, like he could be referring to. I don't know. Just like we talked about a lot in in relation to the band perceptions of the band, or like, uh, you know expectations of what they should be in a way yeah um and i think it's i mean i think it's a pretty direct call back to the they build it up just to burn it back down rococo 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 um, right that i feel like it really is that um that if like if someone else really likes something that i think is uncool they're very like kind of gatekeeping like uh, right. you're not allowed you're not allowed to like this thing like oh this is my favorite thing but as soon as it becomes popular it's not cool anymore like the not so much that they sold out but maybe like the the if other people like it that aren't me then it's not worth liking yeah and like a, like we sort of hit on earlier talked about it earlier it's like this idea i think will be like uh argued against or like given a counterpoint by regime later in the song mm-hmm. um if the message will shift again to what he's talking about now in my, in my opinion for sure uh on that do we want to we can go forward mm-hmm. uh when they get excited they try to hide it look at those normals go when they get excited they try to hide it look at those normals go when they get excited they try to hide it look at those normals go when they get excited they try to hide it no and they will break you down till everything is normal now, I know. And they will break you down till everything is normal now, I know. And if that's what's normal now, I don't want to know. If that's what's normal now. Owen? I feel like it's a, it's kind of a... Con- we're, we're kind of repeating the same stuff as the previous here. Yeah, it's like the same as I was saying before with the Kierkegaard and the, and the frozen pond and mm-hmm. someone who's willing to stand out on it. It's the same thing here. It's just like if if you're normal you're not gonna go and like stand on it. if you're normal you're just gonna do what everyone else does and like as soon as you're doing what everyone else does then it's like you're not special and there's no point and it's you're not vulnerable yeah you're not gonna right. be able to be picked apart uh when you're not when you're not stepping on the ice then you're not gonna you know no there's no no risk no reward so i'm just gonna rather than risk it i'm just i'm just gonna stay here i'm just gonna make fun of everyone else and stay within my my own bubble rather than put myself out there maybe being the minority Right. I feel like this is also kind of like, I mean, this album has sort of a lot of like rallying cries, whether it's on something like We Exist. This feels like another one of those like rallying cries, like to hang on to your, you know, what you, you value and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, which I think, I mean, you were touching on before and now directly into you want to take us to the end? Uh, sure. And so that I don't mess it up again. Start at <laughs> the maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe, okay, this is, maybe if you hang together, you can make the changes in our hearts, and if you hang together, you can change us just where should you start. I've never really, I've never really ever met a normal person. I've never really ever met a normal person. I've never really ever met a normal person. I've never really ever met a normal person like you, exclamation point. And then, how do you do? Thank you. So you were, you were, 
ready to talk about this being the regime's counter. So, so uh, what, what, what does this one do for you? Well, I don't know if it's a counter. So, yeah, and a counter in a sense that she has like a solution in that like this feels like the 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 moment uplifting or the the positive sort of takeaway here or a course of action to this song. Um, and I think it's we've talked a lot about this band in terms of like sincerity and irony and like to me this portion of the song especially when she kind of like sings it and the way she sings it doesn't feel ironic or insincere I feel like this is really is her saying like this is what you can do in the face of this sort of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah I agree like this one has this is where we get the honesty and the integrity and that like that that comes from like this honest opening your heart it's like yeah just just because you feel like you're being crushed by like what's normal, like open your heart and your heart's gonna make isn't what's gonna make the difference. I think sort of even the guitar kind of matches it at this point, the way it builds in intensity and mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um I could touch on music in a second, but I just wanted to say like, yeah, it's saying like, you know, maybe just open up the people around you. Uh don't kind of don't try and pretend someone you're not and maybe you'll realize that people like the same stuff maybe people won't like you maybe some people will like you more but you know be yourself don't pretend that you're something you're not which is something they've done everything now and don't at me i think that's exactly what everything now is is them putting themselves out there being comfortable with themselves some people didn't like it some people loved it myself including but uh don't at me (laughs) don't no emails please but um no, yeah, like exactly what I'm getting with the end of this is like even when you, after being so pessimistic earlier, kind of changes when he says like I've never really met a normal person. And then he says, "How do you do?" Like it's really funny in the video with the Colbert and like when he does it live, he's like, "It's like a oh, how do you do?" Like he's like goes and like shakes his hand. And it's very much like a win joke. Like like right. you'd see yeah. like uh, one of his jokes that like in the Oscar or sorry, uh, at the Grammys one, or whatever something like it's like classic win joke. He's like, "Oh, how do you do? How do you do?" As he kind of walks around the stage, and like the same thing is like what he's saying here is like, "Yeah, you may think that you're a normal person. You may." think you're confining to what is society's standards and not being reflective enough and risk-taking and vulnerable enough because like you know what everyone's an individual in the end and like you just don't see it yet and like what he's saying is he's kind of introducing himself to you he's like yeah i've uh, i've never met a normal person so <laughs> nice to meet you i never realized that he does he actually say thank you at the end he thanks to the listener i never realized that owen in the in the in the live version yeah, i don't think he says in live version but oh. like that one but i mean like you know they change it all the time but and uh, maybe my yeah like a symbolic thank you <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah musically mu- this is a, this is a this is a big one this is one where i feel like talking about it musically is almost as big as talking about it lyrically mm-hmm. oh and uh what, what do you got so it's really interesting on an album full of variations of music even this song like very like in its styles right like we get a lot of like for the first time ever, we get a lot of rah-rah on this album, right? And we get, like, verses, like, the previous albums. We get, like, the Haitian music, the the drums, and, like, all this in like, Afterlife. And then this one, very much, I think it, the reason, it, like, I feel like it has a, a soul connection with Apocrypha is because it has, like, it is, it kind of, it has that kind of, like, classic rock mm-hmm. beat to it. Like, like, but then, it, then like, at certain points, it just goes, like, into what is, like, oh, that's, like, grunge. So it's, like, it goes very much into, like, a grunge, and, like, it just, like, comes in and mm-hmm. out of various styles. Yeah, say it. Uh, what would you think? Yeah, for me, grunge is a good word. I, that's a good way of describing it. But I think musically, for me, it just hinges on that that shift when that guitar really kicks in. Um, I think it's like very compelling and captivating. And in an album full of like weird musical shifts, the one in this song always gets me fired up. 
Oh yeah, d- d- definitely. Um, I think that like this one, this one is a dance song, but there's not as much like, like I was saying, there's not as much synth and not as much. Uh, I mean, no, no real Haitian stuff. And yeah, like the the main riff is on an electric guitar, and and during the choruses it has lots of like little strum and palm mutes. Uh, I think that this is a it's a dance song, but this is more like new order. Um, or uh, honestly, even like certain parts of like London Calling, mm-hmm. not the song, but the album. Like when there's the more like dancey one, like Spanish bombs. Uh, I mean, London London Calling is super variable across the entire album as well. Yeah, for like sure, and that's brand when, new Cadillac or yeah. something like that. When uh, has it, when compared? Yeah, when compared this to London Calling on that one interview uh, we talked about at one point. There, there's an interview out there when that was right after the main listening party for this. That when compared this to London Calling, I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Gotta yeah. look that up. Never really thought about it in those contacts, but uh, I, I in that context. But I guess I can see that. Have uh, have you guys heard the uh, live at Triple J? Uh, uh, they label it the kind of stripped down version of this song. Oh, interesting. No, I have not. No, I don't think so. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, Triple J, for those of you who don't know, is a radio station in Australia that does some really, really cool stuff there. Their biggest is their, um, they do like a version in which they bring in, or bands will come in and cover a song of another band that's been there. So Arcade Fire covered Green Light by Lord um, on the Everything Now tour. And it was pretty cool. But this one, they, it's almost all acoustic. And the the more so than the change in music, the weirdest part is seeing Tim and others in shorts. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just a bit disconcerting, you know, seeing especially Tim, who's usually like immaculately dressed in, you know, shorts and a polo shirt, <laughs> like <laughs> ready to hit the golf course. That's funny. But it, yeah, it, I mean, I recommend everyone checking it out because it is pretty different musically. Uh, like on this one, that, that main riff on the electric guitar um it's on the violin because they don't have any electric guitars and there's a uh, big bongo element <laughs> regine is on the bongos and um two or three other non-main band members are on the bongos it's uh it's different it's different it's it's good it isn't as good but it's a fun live version very cool i'll have to check it out mm-hmm. all right do we have anything else to say about normal person before getting into the ratings well, after going through it, I feel like my initial judgment of it may have been clouded just from being at like that secret show, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in the front of the, you know, I'm in the front, I'm right at the stage." And then they pulled back the curtain. I was like, "I am no longer." <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, my excitement for this song maybe has like waned or like just still a little bitter about that. But yeah. uh, I liked going over and hearing your takes on it. It's pretty cool. Okay, well, take us away. We like to have the the guests go first. Yeah, give us a metric. Doesn't, but. Uh, <laughs> What, uh, go I'm for gonna it. go. I'm gonna go with. A, uh, do we have a metric? Do you guys want? Well, to you you pick one. Every uh, we all we usually each pick one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna do uh, rock stars questioning whether or not they like rock and roll music. Is my metric. <laughs> nice. So how nice. many of them? Uh, I will. I'll give them three rock stars who are questioning their commitment to rock and roll music. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what were you at before? Before you questioned. This one, I, I, it's one of those songs that I appreciate live more than I do on the album, and mm. it could be for a couple different reasons. I think maybe where it is on the album, but I was, this was like middle of the road for me, 
So a three is like slightly bumped up from like a two and a half, but now I'm excited to, to go back and re-listen and maybe I'll have a reassessed uh, rating. Okay, okay. Uh, Owen, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Well, I, I can go. Uh, my go metric it. is uh, Burned Jungles. Mm. And I've always been oh. very much of a first disc reflector. That's what, that's where Alex and I always differ. I'm, yep. a, I'm a first disc, disc reflector. Did I give Here Comes the Nighttime one? Did I give that a five? A one? No, oh, the, no, no, the I first. I think you gave it a five. I think you gave it a four, but I can bring that up. Oh, Harriet matter. and I, yeah, you gave it a four and a half. Harriet and I each gave it a three and a half. Yeah, see, it's like I'm very much a first, first disc reflector guy. So, like, I, I'm on, I'm a 3.5 burn jungles out of five on this one. It's, uh, I like I find it's it's very dense. It's nice. It's like it's it's a short song, lots of lyrics though, but it keeps moving. Like the shift is good, and yeah, overall I'm I'm a fan. You just typed it up and then you give it a three and a half. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but like you know, it's I mean like it's it's not here comes the nighttime though. It's like it's a, it's a, <laughs> it, it it's the weaker point of disc one, but disc one is in itself just like this perfect little thing. So okay, so uh, three and a half from Owen and uh, Zade, you gave it a three. Yes. All right. So I have. A rating out of two o'clock tees. How many two Ooh. o'clock tees? So, Zade, you said, and, and I mean, I definitely agree. Uh, every single one of their albums have been my favorite album of theirs at some point. Found right. last fall, I was I was all over funeral again because I felt like you know I turned I was twenty two. I just turned twenty three last week, and this is exactly where they were. And it's like people are dying, things are changing, uh, and I was listening to funeral a lot. And right. recently. After a long, long period at not number one, I've been getting back to Neon Bible, and uh, don't at me, everything now is still ridiculously high, but even when Reflector was my number one, it was because of the back half, in contrast to Owen, like he was saying. Uh, I think the front half is great, but it doesn't do as much for me as the back half. There may or may not be only one five on the first disc, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I was looking at other songs from the front half, and I gave Here Comes the Nighttime one, three and a half. Here comes the nighttime two, three and a half. Joan of Arc, three and a half. And now I have four two o'clock tees out of five. Wow. I did not think I would be the highest on this one. Originally, I was at a three and a half, uh, uh, like a, a heavy three, light three and a half. But it, I wasn't expecting to give this one that high of a rating. But there it is. I think, like, lyrically, it... I mean, I, I wrote before that it doesn't do as much for me, but that kind of changes. Um, I think that Wynn's line delivery brings a lot more emotion than the the lyrics. Like, even if even if the lyrics aren't as dense as perhaps other songs, Wynn is on, like, peak getting the message out using his voice as an instrument. Um, and even with lyrics, I think it more than makes up for that musically, like we were saying. And I almost feel like this is the kind of song that chemistry is satiring and that it bops, but like, cause it's a really good pop and dance song. It kind of shows that they can do that, but I mean, whatever. I, uh, yeah, I love Wynn's angry voice and I love the way that they play with harmonies on this song. Um, mm. It really reminds me of all my friends, like not the actual music or the lyrics, but the way that the um, harmonies are in the back of the dance track. Both of those have like, I find electric guitar lines that really, really complement the lyrics and the overall melody. Um, I find like this that you were like the main electric guitar. It creates such a specific emotion for me, even without right. the lyrics. Uh, yeah, like I said, I went into this with a yep. This is a strong three, light three and a half. But 
you know, it kind of made me remember everything that I really like about Reflector and what makes it strong. And who knows, maybe today might be a turning point that Reflector is my favorite. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm definitely a fan of the, the second half of, of the album more so. And I think it's maybe because I gravitate towards songs where there's like a little bit more of like a dialogue happening. Mm-hmm. And this is, like you said, very much a win carrying this one on his back for the majority of it. But I, no, your, your, your take on it is interesting to hear. So maybe... I'll have to reassess soon. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have anyth- anything else to say about normal person? No. Well, uh, Zaid, thanks so much for coming on. We had a great time. You can thanks pl- for having me. Yeah, you can plug uh, anything you want to plug. Yeah, if in. you have anything to plug, now's the time. Uh, can I we find like you on plug. Twitter or anything? Uh, I don't have really anything to plug other than I think we're just three normal people having a nice Arcade Fire conversation. So yeah, that's uh, I mean that's kind of how Owen and I started this. That like <laughs> we were we were talking about Arcade Fire, and then I like the Springsteen who we've had Rob Carmack and JB Clark on a lot. That what they do is like oh we could we could do this. Uh, I mean there's so many so many tweets making fun of that like oh white guys sitting around and starting a podcast, but uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are, the normal people. Well, uh, thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week out of the N's and into the O's and taking a break from songs that get high ratings with Oh Holy Night. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week.